There's nothing quite as moving and inspiring as witnessing a person live into their fullness after immense grief with an expanded capacity to soak up beauty, magic, and inspiration from all corners of life, despite the inevitable pain of loss. My guest today, psychotherapist, facilitator, and storyteller, Elle Sweetman, is a special human who I can't wait for you to meet. At just 25 years old, Elle experienced the sudden and shocking death of someone incredibly close to her, and this forever changed the trajectory of her life. Elle shares so much wisdom around what it's like to choose the path of apprentice to grief and how aliveness can be found in the most unexpected places and in the most incredible ways. Through her main professional modalities of creative expressive therapies, somatic sand therapy and symbol work, Elle Sweetman is consistently inspired by the gifts received from connecting with Psyche and Soma. I know you'll love our conversation today, so sit back and soak it all in. Welcome to the Sensualchemy School podcast, where we explore grief, pleasure, and the sometimes messy, always beautiful paradox that exists between the two. Here, as we center the experience of our wise bodies through the archetypal feminine, we ask, Within a culture that perceives emotional, intuitive and creative intelligence as inferior and avoids pain at all costs, what if grief were our compass and pleasure our medicine? My name is Kate Leeper and I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome to the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. I'm Kate Leeper and I am Delighted again, because I just have the best job ever, to speak to yet another gorgeous woman and introduce you to the work of this gorgeous woman. Elle Sweetman is joining me today. And Elle is a psychotherapist, a facilitator, and a storyteller, which I feel has actually been what has like drawn me into your orbit. L because I love reading. Um, I love reading your stories on social media. So I can't wait to dive in today. Welcome, Elle. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really, really thrilled to spend this time with you. Yay. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I was just saying to Elle before we hit record that social media has such benefits when it comes to connecting with others. Um particularly, you know, those who like talking about things like grief and pleasure and all the messy parts of humanity that many others do not. And we were just saying we're both such a hoot at dinner parties. (laughs) (laughs) So this is our dinner party. We're sharing this with you today. (laughs) For all of you who are all about kind of diving into those messy depths, right? So, we are going to we're going to kind of journey through again um, some terrain that is going to touch on grief and how it can change our lives in really profound ways. But before we do, Elle, I would love to ask you just to really drop us in and kind of get a feeling for where you're at today. What loss? feels alive in you in this moment you know alive in this moment is the loss of um identity Mm. a little in you recently I within the last eight months separated from my partner and in that separation there's been so many little losses of you know, the place that I lived, the, mm. the you know, the, the experience of, um, you know, ch- yeah, changing locations, changing the identity of being someone's partner, changing the right. identity. And it's not a, it's really a bittersweet loss because it was such a, a such a essential thing for us to do. 
Right. But it just, you know, every now and then it just sits, you know, I just feel it kind of sitting on my chest a little and I look around and I look at the life I have now and go, oh, goodness, you know, (laughs) this was not the life a year ago Mm -hmm. that I had in my location, my physicality, Mm -hmm. everything is completely different and as a loss it's it's not a um it's not a deeply painful loss but it's still there and it's this every now and then you know and I just had it before just before we jumped on this realization oh here I am oh life looks different oh you know yeah interesting curious okay yeah cool yeah yeah that the bittersweet thing is really Mm. fascinating isn't it Mm -hmm. I think we'll probably um, spend some time there today but Mm. yeah I'm always really intrigued by just how loss can be accompanied by so many other sensations Mm. and emotions at once so thank you yeah yeah thank you I wonder as well I always ask a question um which kind of ties into this bittersweetness. Mm. But is there a longing that kind of rises up to meet you mm. right now? I think the longing that I experience is the longing of reclaiming the parts of myself that were diminished or ignored or kind of neglected through being in relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I have this longing and this desire to experience the world in a different, a way that that has been, you know, different to how how it has been for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm very much in that. I'm I'm experiencing living out my longings at the moment, and that mm-hmm. is so juicy. I was just going to say, amazing. That's yeah. that's so exciting. It is. It's really exciting, and really, even I think the first step is what are my longings? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's even getting, what do I long for? It's even asking that question. You know, I asked that question, you know, very early on in the separation. And then I've, I've had the opportunity to now really mm. live out my longings and make my plans and reclaim these parts that were um, just naturally, I think, you know, diminished in the busyness of being in relationship and living life and working and all of that. Right. Yeah. As I listen to you as well, like I am sensing in my body this kind of Mm. um, I just want to lean forward into that. And what I'm noticing is this, I feel like sometimes when we tap into our longings, it's these, uh, the yearning of perhaps yeah, experiences or parts of ourselves that maybe don't feel accessible for whatever reason. But what you're sharing is that longings that perhaps lived in you in that way for some time, now you're actually meeting them and you're moving into them. And I'm like, wow, that's a really beautiful place to be in when your longings Mm. actually become Mm. own and felt. Yes, yes. And then realizing that, oh, my longings are like pretty edgy and, oh, this is pretty Mm. stretchy now. I'm really stretching my capacity in different ways. Like it's very different to to have a longing Mm -hmm. and like to have it there than to embody it. Oh, my God, yeah. Is a completely it, it's it is a completely stretchy experience. It's like, oh, I've wanted this thing and now that I have this thing, whoa. I'm yeah. like having to show up in a completely <laughs> and live it and, and be with it and be with its edges. And that's yeah. really cool. You know, yeah. I'm, I've got some solo travel coming up. I've got, you know, new connections, things like that. And it's, and it's really, yeah, it's actually living it, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. very expansive. Mm. Totally. I'm just soaking mm. all of that up right now because yeah. I just, I really love that you've gone there and I feel like that's such um yeah, the stretchiness. I'm mm. I'm all for the stretchiness. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, there I suppose the longings and and the desire piece, mm. I just sense are going to really weave themselves through our conversation today. Mm. But I was hoping that we might be able to backtrack a little. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because I have always experienced you and your expression in a really, I suppose I feel your energy as deep and thoughtful, very contemplative. But what I love is particularly because you are a psychotherapist, you um, the work that you do in the world, you know, it, it stems from obviously extensive training and understanding the human condition and mm. uh, the brain and psychology and all of these things that I can geek out about all day around. Mm-hmm. And I feel that when I read or in a lot of the work that I experience from others, particularly, say, in social media land, what you bring is something that I I really, really love. And this is this lens of curiosity always. Mm-hmm. This sense of like just absolute humility and curiosity and having questions more than answers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm so here for that. I find it so refreshing. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I, and I, and that's kind of why I thought, right, I want women, I want to have conversations with women who are all about asking questions and having curiosity around things as opposed to, uh, you know, here's what I've learned. Here is, yes. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. in black and white, <laughs> this is what I know because now I have this, you know, uh, this label yeah. that uh, apparently says that I should know something. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Elle, through this beautiful curiosity, uh, you write about identity and loss and moving through the world connected to other humans and the big questions. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've shared with me that you have experienced some pretty profound grief, some pretty Mm -hmm. intense loss in your Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if we can start there yes let's start there yeah let's start there (laughs) you know tell me about this link between your work and your embodied experiences of grief you know I say that I'm an apprentice to grief Mm -hmm. because uh the person that I am today I don't think would exist without my experiences of loss and death and mm-hmm. um and deep grieving and it's interesting i think with grief it can be and i've spoken to other grievers and people who have experienced grief and, you know, you're included in that right is that i wouldn't choose the things that happened i would mm-hmm. not choose to be without the person that i lost but what i have gained from that process has been utterly profound in how I live my life now Mm -hmm. and it's this real kind of double dual experience of you know yes I would hand all of this back I would hand all of this knowledge I would hand all of this experience back to have that person alive and well and because I can't do that how do I or how how can I alchemize my grief Mm -hmm. to to make it something um that is a source of my life Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and yeah so when I I was 25 when I experienced the loss of someone I loved very Mm -hmm. um very deeply and it was a kind of I'd I'd experienced death in my life prior to that losing grandparents and pets and you know parents friends and things like that but I hadn't ever experienced a sudden death, right? a death that occurred, you know, five hours before I was on the phone to him and then he was gone. And if we talk about asking the questions, there are questions that I will never have answered. Right. And I have had to learn how do I develop a capacity to just live with questions? Mm-hmm. without answers mm-hmm. because I cannot glean any. There are there are a heap that I cannot glean any answers 
And um, I think what that experience taught me was the capacity to be okay with the unknown right. and having to get okay with so many unknowns because there was no other option. You just had to be okay with them, mm-hmm. you know, or get to the place where you could, they could sit in your body mm-hmm. and you can deal with the tension of them sitting in your body. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I, interestingly enough, what, what grief taught me was a searing presence Mm -hmm. a capacity to just be with the reality that was right in front of me because in deep grieving situations as you would maybe experience I don't want to speak for you but Mm -hmm. often we can't actually move past what's happening in the immediacy and so we're we're kind of thrust into being really present Mm -hmm. really present and then we and then I found for myself that presence or that capacity to then move into the presence never left. It's like it set up a foundation in my being and I was unable to return to it. Sure, I'd definitely go off on tangents, you know, mentally and things like that, but it set up this, this blueprint and I remember I have this very distinct memory of maybe two or three days after he passed and um, I was at my mum's house and I'd woken up in the morning and I'd walked out into the garden and my mum had these roses and they were those big peachy coloured roses, mm-hmm. South Australian, so that's like Rose Central um, down there. And I was watching the dew on the roses and I remember just feeling like I was in rapture because mm-hmm. I was so present to this experience of the dew on these beautiful peach coloured roses, huge, like they were you know, as big as both of my hands together. And I just remember it was nearly, like nearly a a trip. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like it was this expansive moment that I had of complete presence. Mm -hmm. And that, the, the channel to there was through complete and utter devastation and grief. Right. Which is that nuance that I live for. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. where we the the capacity that we can hold so many deep experiences at once Mm. yeah Mm. Mm. Yeah. yes what I'm hearing is there in the complete shattering almost of oneself mm-hmm. through grief. And and I think you're right, you know, when a, a loss or a death happens suddenly, that is a, a very um, grief then comes, lands in the body in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that... Yeah, I, I just experience it as just this complete kind of everything just crumbles and it's yeah. almost like in the process of rebuilding we can either let ourselves be utterly consumed by the devastation in a way that has us um, develop blinkers right and and just survival is is all that we can do and for a period I mean I will often say simply survive that is your job that is your job job. so I'm absolutely saying you know for um for many of us that is that is the job um post traumatic loss of course but all loss and yet we also the invitation is to move from that utterly um that that place of being utterly consumed by grief and simply trying to survive into a space of allowing grief to be our teacher mm. and that is a, a very intentional shift it is yes it is a very intentional shift and i think 
the shift occurred you know I think I moved between the spaces actually a little bit I agree like I just ping-ponged some days it was like how do I breathe Mm -hmm. how do I actually even take my next breath how do I even you know I remember having this one day that I was just so amazed at the human spirit that I could like I realized that I'd forgotten to exfoliate in my (laughs) three-step skincare regime (laughs) I was like okay get back up out of bed you forgot to exfoliate and so I went you know but I think that's that's what I even talk about with that presence is like you can't you can't think ahead you can't move out of this space for a period of time and and I was in that survival and and then occasionally I would just access this space that I don't even really maybe it's truth maybe the word is truth for me Mm -hmm. this truth this deep truth of life and death and I would access that and it would inspire me Mm -hmm. and then maybe I would settle back then into the you know just trying to survive just trying to put fuel in my car just trying to you know hold down a job and then eventually I think the work of Francis Weller was really good for me Uh, as well he's phenomenal and and actually, in in that period of time in my life, I was a student of Tantra. Mm-hmm. So that was really essential, I think, for me as well, this understanding of um, there being a holiness in all things. Mm-hmm. And, I, and eventually I moved into this recognition of um, what the experience could really teach me and how I could hold it differently mm-hmm. or... Um, how I could hold it intentionally and be active in it rather than being a passive experience of it, which was, which was a big shift in, in power for me. Mm -hmm. I from disempowered to this thing that had happened that had affected me so much to, okay, this thing has happened and it's affected me so much. And what do I do with it? And how do I, Mm -hmm. how do I kind of alchemize it? How do I integrate it? How do I make it? something that could be helpful moving forward. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I so appreciate that. Actually, I think that it just clarifies it's that Mm. it is either relating to grief through passivity, as you say, or it is Mm. an active intentional process. And that's where the apprenticeship comes in. And I, so when I read those words of yours, when you shared them with me, um, I, I just, I feel that uh, in my obviously, <laughs> obviously, um, with this podcast and and all of the work that mm. I don't, I certainly haven't chosen, yeah. but it has chosen me mm-hmm. by way of my life's experience and also this deep desire in me to be taught, mm. to be apprenticed, mm. um, and that is an active process, and simultaneously an act of surrender um and receptivity it's it's kind of not something that uh and I'm not sure if you can relate to this but as a bit of a perpetual student type Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I have this thirst for learning so I'm out I'm constantly researching about grief and about how it impacts our bodies and our brains and and all of these Mm -hmm. things and the most powerful experiences of my grief apprenticeship in all senses of the word has been when I have really allowed myself to be taught, Yes, you know, to be yes. shown the way, the truth, whatever that might look and feel like. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely it. And it's funny, you know, sometimes it's, you know, list your teachers or list your mentors. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like I'm like, can I just put grief at the top? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that grief taught me more about life than than any of the the gurus that I've sat with or the mm-hmm. teachers that I've sat with or the mentors, it has been grief because it was a direct experience. Yeah. It was it was an invitation into a deeper engagement with life. Yes. Because of you know, the person that I lost, he was just such a liver of life. Right. You know? Like he really just, he lived life hard and fast in his 26 <laughs> years. Wow. And 
um and just you know and it's so interesting I think about you know a few days before before he passed and he said to me like oh just be in the driver's seat of your own life just Mm. be in the driver's seat of your life and just and he said just be here for it because I would you know particularly early 20s mid-20s very you know cerebral very like Mm -hmm. you know thinking a lot and overthinking and and still there to a degree, but not to where I was when I was, you know, younger. He just like be, just be here for it. He'd talk about me being here for it. And I think what a beautiful gift he gave me wow. in those words, you know, mm-hmm. before before he moved, moved on. Mm-hmm. So, mm, be mm. here for it. Yeah. It's brave to be here mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's so it is particularly just living in a culture that doesn't it doesn't want us no in the grief it doesn't want us in the depths it wants us buying things to make us feel better and polished and shiny <laughs> and and um it wants us to move the hell on as quick as possible mm. so you know i I feel like it is such a, it's a rebellious act as well to choose to wade these depths in a way that isn't um, about kind of torturing ourselves, but with, through this curiosity, right. And through this, this presence and engagement, Mm. do you feel like that has been maybe a challenge even for you and and your loved ones or or has that brought you closer Absolutely. to people what it yeah it was a, such a significant challenge and I, and I think it still is um I think we would like to put a timeline on grief and say that it looks like um you know it it, it looks like this and it's done after this many months or years or whatever and I'll call and now we don't have to ever speak about it again. Right. And when you've lost someone that you've loved, you want to speak about them. Yes. You want to include them, you know, in, you know, in partnerships I've had since I've wanted to include this, this person. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. That's hard for the other person. You know, that's it. That's a challenge. And in, you know, in, in my friendships, it's, you know, wanting to include, include him in there as well and um you know it's not and I and I think we fear this idea of like oh you're holding on or you're clinging or you're Mm. gripping to that experience and you know as you said it's not in a way that tortures it's not a it's not a torturous experience it's a hey um this experience happened to me and radically transformed me and um that can't sit in the shadows of relationships that experience can't see in the shadows of my relationship you know relationships it's not like I'm spouting and speaking about him 24 7 it's not that but it's on the moments that grief knocks and it does knock still yeah you know I'll be caught on a Sunday morning you know having a tea and going oh my god that happened yeah (laughs) like oh my god I still can be floored by it is you know in those moments He's present with me and there is, you know, a bit of an invitation for those around me to potentially experience active grief mm-hmm. and to, mm-hmm. to just see what it is, what it is to be in that space if they've never been there before. Mm-hmm. And I used to make it really neat. I didn't want to it to have any impact on anyone or anyone's day right um so much so you know sometimes I wouldn't I'd want to speak about him but I wouldn't speak about him and I wouldn't include um I wouldn't include him in my narrative or my life narrative mm-hmm. even people would ask me like oh because I I moved pretty soon after he passed I moved to Queensland right. so I moved from South Australia to Queensland and to be honest maybe because it was really hard for me to be down there mm-hmm. and and I had this fresh space and it was amazing that it was this fresh space but then no one knew uh-huh. 
And so that was kind of great for about a year and a half, two years. Oh, great. I like that no one knows this experience about me and what I've been through. And then I started to find as my grief matured and it became um, more of a teacher and more of a wise teacher that I was a bit like, oh, I kind of do want people to know this experience that I've lived through because of how deeply it shaped me. Right, right. It is inextricably you. Yes. So for for people to really know you, it's it's essential that they also know Mm about this loss and how that has yeah. shaped you. I I absolutely yeah. can relate to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And family are, family are great with it and sometimes family will bring him up, which is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. You know? and, and so are my friends and, you know, everyone kind of is. I just think that we aren't, we're not in a culture that has a tolerance for grief mm-hmm. and so you know, I do see the discomforts in people when, you know, and even I've been on the other side of that when someone's deeply grieving and I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, hang on. Wow. Like, that's interesting. You know, I can check in with myself and be curious. What is it about their grief that's feeling interesting for me? Yes. But I think that we're not, we're just trained to, oh, we have a funeral and then we, we move on from that and we get on with the rest of our lives and we don't. We, we don't consider it or we only consider it in private. Yes, yes. Like that chapter's over. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Move on. Off we go. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it just, it is very interesting how we do like to compartmentalise and um, it just reminded me when you were telling me, mm. uh, sharing with me your experience um, mm. a week ago, it was my my birthday and I was out Mm -hmm. with my mum and um, my youngest sister Mm -hmm. and we had this beautiful day. They took me to this, um, we were at this bathhouse and um, luxuriating and we had champagne and, Mm -hmm. and it was just this most glorious indulgent day and we were having our lunch, Mm -hmm. looking out over the water. It was glorious and it I'm very blessed because my family, since um, Sarah, my sister, died almost four years ago, we have absolutely, you know, our our bond is incredibly strong. And I know that that isn't always the case in families where, um, yeah, where somebody dies, particularly young. And um, so I felt safe, but there was this longing in me in this one particular moment to actually Mm. invite my sister, Mm. uh, Mm. our other sister, into this space. There was even a spare chair for her at the table, you know, and not Mm. in a sense of like, hi, Sarah, you know, and and acting anything out. But Mm. I I asked my mom a question Mm. and, Mm. and, you know, within five, 10 minutes, um, all, all, I was going to say all four of us, bless three of us, um, were quite teary Mm -hmm. and, you know, a moment before the, the bartender and the waiters (laughs) were watching us all like, you know, cackling away with our champagne Mm -hmm. and all festive. And all of a sudden we're all there kind of tears Mm -hmm. and, and, and yet there was something so beautiful and Mm. pure about that moment because we were reliving an incredibly Mm. painful period Mm. um and my questioning had kind of then the ripple effect from that my mom and my other Mm. sister we were all sharing and it was a heartbreaking moment Mm. and yet there was something that just felt absolutely necessary about it Mm. as part of my 40th birthday celebration you know Sarah had to be there yes she had to be there And would you believe, just as a side note, we often will um, experience Sarah um, symbolically as one of the, as a blue and black monarch butterfly. And I'm not even kidding you. We are there. We hadn't seen one all day and a blue and black huge monarch just flew over my head and landed on a plant right next to us, right next to the empty seat and was just fluttering around us. And we were all just sitting there just in absolute awe just about you know what happens when we're open Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. just being with 
all of what is, even mm. in the most, you know, in a moment that perhaps many people would just be like, we're not going to talk about that, la, 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 you know. Yes. Yeah. And yet intentionally yeah. um, got that there. into the space. And it was just really magical. So I just, you just reminded me of that beautiful moment because mm. it can be such a bridge mm-hmm. when we invite others into our grief. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's such a bridge to connection. It is. It is. It is. I love hearing that story and I love that <laughs> that you. occurred for you. Yeah. And these little signs and symbols that we receive and they're so they're so important actually. Mm-hmm. They're really important, these little synchronicities. Um, you know, I often experience my connection with him through the dream world, which mm-hmm. is really beautiful. And just occasionally, you know, very rarely, a couple of times a year that just yeah. comes in and, and it's it's a really important part. And, you know, when I talk about active grief, I think I'm not necessarily saying that, like, I'm in grief all the time. I'm definitely not. And, you know, I have a very rich, full, wonderful life that's yeah. occurring as well. But it's that when it knocks, I invite it in. Right. I let it in. Mm-hmm. I sit it down at my table and I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. What yeah. can What can we do? to to remember to honor to feel the embodied experiences that I'm feeling mm-hmm. and that has also been learning to be okay with potentially making others uncom- uncomfortable because I can't we you know with grief it's as wild as a cut snake like we can't mm-hmm. really plan when it arrives mm-hmm. you know we can't plan it to okay uh Sunday night's free so yeah <laughs> You know, <laughs> that will be really convenient if that you would just be... show up then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's this, you know, and, and I think it's probably, and as, as it naturally occurs where, you know, time and space between the event and, and now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not as often that it knocks, doesn't knock mm-hmm. as often, but it's, you know, it's still there and certain dates, you know, certain celebrations or certain things that you see. And you're like, oh, I wish I could have shared that with this person. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. I wish they could have, oh, I would have loved to like for them to have seen that or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I know that um, symbol work is actually a really yeah. huge part of yeah. the way that you work with people as well. And yeah. um, I wonder how do you, and I suppose this ties in to ritual and mm-hmm. and honouring mm-hmm. practices that uh, have just been so life-giving for me mm-hmm. in relationship to my grief. How do you incorporate symbol and, mm-hmm. um, and ritual into your life? And into my grief specifically, I would say, yeah, yeah I mean, if you were to look around my office, I have so many little symbols of interesting things that I'm like, this speaks to me in a way that is currently unknown. So it must be now sitting somewhere in my room. So eventually maybe there's a sense that can be made of it. So you know, <laughs> need like some I'm more shelves. <laughs> I've got I've got a lot. I've got like an earnest fallen nest. I've got shells. I've got, you know, some clay symbols I've made. I've got a few little things from my travels. It's just mm-hmm. a lot. But in terms of grief, I think it's ritual and ceremony is so important as it as you've said. It's huge. And I keep a few little things from from him and one of them was a a note on a bunch of flowers that he'd bought me maybe two three days before he passed and he used to call me and it's kind of endearing (laughs) but he's gorgeous idiot because he'd just be like oh you're just an idiot because he'd just be I don't know so enamored or whatever and it was really beautiful and he wrote um my gorgeous idiot on this this little tag and I have it sitting right here in front of me and it sits with a candle for my ancestors so I have photos of my my grandparents who I've lost Mm -hmm. 
and it sits then with photos even further back of their parents and wow. and then and then a photo of of him and a photo of um or uh, this little this little um flower tag sits mm-hmm. there as well and i think so so and then symbolically or you know a ritual that i've done ever since i've you know i guess been grieving <laughs> him in in one way is that I go down to the beach and every time I'm on the beach I just write his initials into Mm. the sand I do that wherever I am I just any beach any place in the world I just write and I think for me it feels like I just want to ground his essence across the world and that's how I do that so when I'm traveling that's what I'm thinking of and yeah I'm often reminded of the quote of David White about maturity Mm. and maturity and i'm going to butcher it so don't we'll we'll get the we'll we'll get get the crux of it we'll get the crux (laughs) is that maturity is the capacity to inhabit the past present and future all at once Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think for a long time i wouldn't have had the photo sitting here with the flower tag or even the photo of my ancestors or you know i think it was about like no moving forward and moving forward and moving forward and that's where we were headed and that's where I'm going and I've actually found a maturity right in reaching my arms out either side you know one heading into the future one heading into the past you know being able to encompass all of it and then me very present with Mm -hmm. that blueprint I was given through grief to be Mm. in my life right now too Mm. Mm, that's so beautiful and so such I suppose a guiding force I imagine mm. in mm. in following this this truth of you and and you know yes. what really brings you to life yes yeah yes it is yeah it's I think that there is a um in being with all of it, you know, I've, I see your writing so much about just being with all of it, being with the mess, being with the realities um, and how we learn to hold that in our bodies and how yeah. we learn to hold that in our psyches. And, and this is where I love symbol work because symbol work really is about holding all parts mm-hmm. and having all parts seen and heard and experienced and known through the use of symbols and um and yeah i think that's been a lot of my journey is that it is to to see if i can actually hold hold all parts mm-hmm. yeah and not feel like i need to cut parts off to be yeah um to be okay to be accepted to be loved to belong all those things <laughs> yes yeah 100 yeah. percent. and i I wonder if you can describe what it means and, and you know, you can answer this in your own personal felt experience and also in the ways in which you would support mm. somebody else to hold all of those parts. Mm. What is it like, what does it feel like to be able to hold the grief, the desire, the longing, the mess, what how do we know when we're able perhaps to do to that? that yeah um i can say i know when i'm not doing that so i right. can you know i can speak to to that first maybe that that's helpful is i am creating expectation of how i should be mm-hmm. so if i'm thinking that something should be different or i should be different or better or not thinking like that or you know whatever judgment I've created tells me that some part is not welcome Mm -hmm. and when I am compassionate curious inquiring or you know just oh yeah okay accepting Mm -hmm. I can tell that I am having a greater experience. I might not be nailing it, but I'm having a greater experience of holding all of those parts. Mm. 
So that's, yeah, when I'm in judgment, when I'm in, in expectation, when I'm, when I'm not okay with what is, that tells me that there's yet yeah, parts, parts are being pushed away. Mm, yeah. That makes so much sense. And I really like that you flipped my question there because mm. I feel like many of us are probably more able mm. to identify those times. Yes. Because that is often the voice. Yes. Um, right. Just yeah, mm. constantly mm. telling us where we're broken, where we need to be fixed, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how we might need to contort in order to make things more comfortable for others. Yes. So I'm just really hearing that it's in noticing. Mm. It's in really being able to create a little bit of space from those moments and see, oh, hey, what Mm. is, yeah, what is being rejected here? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And And yeah, it's interesting because when I sit in, I work obviously with the sand and symbol. So in the sand tray, which is where we Sand tray is like this living ecosystem of our parts that come through. And I hear, um, you know, these these parts that there, there will be eventually, you know, someone will put a part in and I go, oh, I just really don't like that one and I want that one far away. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, cool, that's fine. Eventually when we touch on it and we go deeper, there's often the thing that is said is I just want to be loved mm. or I don't feel like I belong. Why am I out here? Why can't I be with the other parts? Mm-hmm. And, you know, or, and, and it's just this, wow, like these things that we don't like, that we, that we push away. It's different, I think, from, you know, having a behaviour that and going like, hey, this behaviour might not be ideal in my life and it's having an impact. Right. But it's often when we include those parts the behaviour that is being projected from them mm-hmm. in their exiled state reduces or becomes manageable when they're included and loved. And, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. it's such an incredible realisation. Mm-hmm. I love sand train symbol work and I, mm-hmm. I just feel like it can open up this entire new world of of understanding ourselves yes. and it's just such a beautiful it's almost like a trickery you know in a yes. very beautiful way yeah. it's like oh here i've just painted this picture of who i yeah. am and i didn't i didn't necessarily know that that's what, what was happening and now i really see yeah those yeah. parts of myself that i yeah that are in exile and mm. and that to me also just demonstrates when we see those parts, mm. that there is there is so much grief in recognizing that in ourselves, yes. what we may, you know, what we have turned our backs on. Yes. Um, yes. And so there are these these layers of of grief that we um, often can't label, mm. mm-hmm. um, but we feel when we notice that. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting, you know, coming back to that first question you asked me about what loss it's heavy on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, you know, to even word it a little bit differently than I did, was it is is the grief of what was lost in me. Yeah. In yeah. me. Like, you know, I have a you know beautiful connection with my former partner and we care about each other and we want the best for each other and it's gorgeous. And so that loss is not there, but it's still the loss of oh, what mm. look at look at all I exiled, mm-hmm. and, and and look at what I'm reclaiming, and that's beautiful. But yeah, these parts that's often what I experience, where I see in those I work with, is this like oh, this grief, yeah, and it comes through, and and you know I really don't, I I believe that gr- grief is kind of a necessary part of reclaiming. Yeah, the grief has to happen first. Yeah. Before the reclaiming can happen. Yeah. yeah. I wholly yeah. agree. And that mm-hmm. again, <laughs> this is brave work. You know, it is. it is. It is. It's deeply courageous and brave work. Yeah. 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 And that's really brought us full circle, Elle, mm-hmm. with, you know, reflecting on how you answered that first question about mm. what loss is alive in you and mm. just the layers that have emerged as we've been chatting today. And so before we close out this just divine conversation, 
I wonder how people might be able to learn more about you and how you're showing up in the world in terms of your work at the moment. If there's anything you'd like to share. Yes. So, I mean, you can follow me at um, at L Sweetman on um, Instagram. You mm-hmm. can find me. My website is lsweetman.com. Um, I am actually this weekend. I'm I'm running a workshop, and the following weekend, I don't know when you'll be um, posting this, putting this this podcast out there. But I do have a sim a simple um, workshop on the twenty sixth of March, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to be continuing to be doing workshops around um, the expressive therapies work and symbol mm-hmm. work and sand work uh, sand play. So that people who aren't necessarily working with me in a one-on-one can actually experience this work, not so much as a therapeutic or in a therapy group, mm-hmm. but more so as a self-explorative tool Yeah, and being able to have an, ex- an exploration. Yeah, And so um, I will always have those links in my bios and on my events page on my website so yeah. people can find me in that way. And they're all um, in person on the Sunshine Coast? They are in person on the Sunshine Coast. I will be um, eventually and and in the process of taking some online as well. Mm. And so TBC. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And we will definitely be putting the links in the show notes Mm -hmm. that you shared. And so if if Elle's work and her presence has really touched you today, Mm -hmm. absolutely jump on her Instagram and, um, yeah, stay tuned for any yeah. other offerings that you're putting out there because it's just beautiful work. And I'm so grateful to be able to have had our dinner party today. Yes. It was a wonderful <laughs> dinner party. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> we have gone to the depths and yeah. yeah, it's just been such a privilege. So mm-hmm. thank you for being with me today, Elle. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on the Sensualchemy School podcast. If you found this episode supportive or something landed for you here, please share it with your friends, family, and anyone who you feel might benefit. If you're loving this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to ensure that we can keep bringing you the conversations you need. And if you want to connect, please find me at kateleeper.com or over on Instagram at kate.leeper. I'd love to hear from you.